Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality. This is your host, David, back with you for another fun-filled week. Uh, and today, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce the name because I forgot to ask you in a green room, which is really... All right. And I, I want to say Jagree, but I don't know. The eyes always throw me off. I don't know how to pronounce the eyes. So Absolutely. It, You're almost there. It's, it's pronounced as Jagret. Jagret. Oh, yeah. so it's an ah. See, the, yeah. I didn't think about the, the ah sound. Absolutely. I go by Jag all the time because uh, a lot of people can't pronounce it. So you just cut it right in the middle. It's just the first three letters. J-A-G. Jag is what I go by. Fantastic. Nice name. Good yeah. car. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Stuff. So does that mean that your last name is Singh or Singh? Singh, yeah. Singh, so it's Jagrit, so it's an I sound in the beginning and then in kind of like an E sound in the, in the last. You got it, absolutely. It's a very common Indian uh, last name, Singh. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. I've come across that. Uh, right. I've come absolutely. across that before. So I, I was confident in that one, but the, the <laughs> I in your first name was throwing me off. Uh, yeah, 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 totally understand. Thanks for that. Uh, so we, full disclosure podcast, I like to tell everybody um, how we know each other. So I think you replied to a post in one of the popcorn Facebook groups. I was like, hey, I'm looking for guests. And you're like, hey, sounds interesting. Um, is that accurate? Because Absolutely. Right, yeah. Cool. So we met uh, on a Facebook group and I replied to one of your posts. And we're here right now recording an episode. Awesome. And just so everybody knows, last week, one of us, me, not uh, Jag, uh, messed up the time of the recording, so we had to postpone it a week. So I appreciate your flexibility and forgiveness. Yep. It's very much appreciated. And uh, No problem at all. Happy to be here. Yep. I, uh, like I was kind of telling you in the green room, I like to let people know that we're all human and we all make <laughs> mistakes. So uh, exactly. that's why we're a full disclosure podcast for that reason. Absolutely. So, no, really looking forward to it. Welcome for being here. Can you tell us today what topic you'd like to discuss? Well, the topic that I've chosen for today really comes from uh, the two passions, I like to use the word, that I have in my life. One of them being creativity and number two being entrepreneurship. Now, these two uh, topics, if you will, are directly in sync with reality, my own reality. And there are two reasons for that. Number one, they have taught me the power of doing reality checks with my personal life on a frequent basis. And number two, they have made me realize the importance of actually identifying where I am right now as opposed to where I want to be. So in other words, they have taught me how to be, you know, a bit more living in the present rather than thinking about what I have done or what I will be doing, so to speak. Okay, so if you could boil that down for me, because there's a lot there and I could go several yeah. different ways, but I want to make sure I'm, I honor what you really want to talk about. So if you could boil it down to a simplified sentence it, of what you'd like to talk about, because like I said, I could, like my mind's spinning yeah. right now, so I just need you to help me get off the wheel so I can pick. <laughs> 
My pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. Now, I'll talk about the reality check uh, right now because I uh -huh. come from uh, uh, a family background of entrepreneurs. My dad has his own business and everything. So growing up in that environment, I knew that I've got the skills, I've got the instinct, and I want to be in my own business uh, when I grow up. So I take entrepreneurship very seriously. And where reality comes in is I had to realize, and I, and I had to go through a lot to realize this, is where I am right now and where I want to be, there's a big gap in between. You know, I had to realize that. I had to write down, paint the perfect picture of the life that I want to be living down in the future. And then I had to go back actually to where I am right now to understand what exactly do I need to do to get there. Uh, I use the word reality check in the beginning. And the reason for that is I ask myself every single time when I'm doing something new or something just comes on my desk is, is this the person that I want to be? What would he do in this situation? So this is how my reality check kind of comes into play when I ask myself whether I should take on a project or not, depending upon whether who I want to be in the future would do this thing or not. I hope that shed some light into one of the aspects that I uh, spoke yep. earlier. It does. Thank you. So really what we want to boil it down to, if we will start, this is a good place where I want to start is like where we are now versus yeah. where we want to be. But you also said something like when you look at where you want, okay, so it makes sense. Cause when you look at where you want to be, that makes you focus back on today. It's kind of like looking in the mirror and instead of, well, so you're, it's a, it's kind of like I have in my head, the way I can explain it is there's a mirror behind you and a mirror in front of you. And you, know right. you get those images and they kind of reflect. So you're looking in the mirror to see, uh, you're envisioning who you want to be in the future, but you're looking in the mirror because you need to make sure that the person that you're, you're envisioning then, meaning yep. in the future, um, yep. aligns with who you are now. And if not, you have to change the now to, to attain the then. Exactly. Exactly. I put it like that. Yep. That's a brilliant description. Okay. Um, what, yes, lots, lots of thoughts. Um, you're going <laughs> to hear me stutter because um, when I have a lot of thoughts, my brain works much faster than my mouth and processes and I have to filter out which topic or which I want to pick. So with you, it's actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, so we'll go um, this way because I often talk about uh, what got you here won't get you there. Right. And yes. it sounds like you're taking that maybe almost to the next level by looking at it and that's where I want to go. Um, can this person I am today get me there? And it's a kind of a similar topic, but I yes. a similar way of looking at it, but it's different. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're looking back after reaching the end point. In terms of beginning with the end in mind. That's what my approach would be, if that makes sense. It does. So just, uh, I like to uh, analogize. I don't know if that's a word or not for all of you out there. I'm making it up now. If it is, then great. If it's not, <laughs> yeah. then I just made it up. So we're going to analyze that for a moment. So we're going to say that Jag wants to go to the mall. Okay. Let's yep. Google, Google Maps it. And he's like, okay, I need to go to the mall. Um, that's my destination is the mall. Yep. yep. There are several different roads that can get me to the mall. And so you're looking at the, the map now version and you're like, okay, 
which road do I want to take to get to the mall? There's the fast route. Yep. Scenic route. Yep. There's the in-between route, which is a little bit longer, a little bit scenic. I, I kind of do both. Um, and then there's the total roundabout route where I go around the outside of the city completely. It's neither, it's none of those, but it's going to take twice as long. It's right. The most inefficient route as possible, but there is a route. So there's those four routes. So what we're saying is we know we have our destination mind and we have to analyze what our purpose is now to attain that goal. And I could be using a horrible analogy here, but you know, you, the, the Jag now needs to pick his road. Exactly. Okay. Um, and that depends on a bunch of criteria that you need to ask yourself. So what, what kind of questions do you ask yourself to figure out who that person is? And, and so let's change the analogy now that we've got the, the, the map in our mind. So we're going to map right. it out. We're going to think in maps. So let's just say that, um, what do I want to, I want to pick something fun. Um, so Let's just say that Jag wants to own multiple properties in different countries because there's a few dreams. Jag wants to be his own uh, boss, yep. run his own uh, empire, and Jag has this travel addiction. So thereby, if he buys properties in multiple different countries, he can travel yep. uh, to any one of those countries. And then it's also a business expense because you're checking on your own property. There's Absolutely. all sorts of benefits. So let's just... Let's go with that. So, okay. And that's not to say that you don't already do that. I don't know. Um, you <laughs> no, probably no. have multiple properties all over the world. I mean, you know, I mean, with a name like Jack, come on. <laughs> Obviously, you're rolling in it. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's just say, how does Jag look at himself now to meet that goal? And if there's a better real life example from your life story, if you want to change that, go ahead, feel free to change it. I'm just throwing that out there as a possible way to paint an image so people can follow along. Exactly. I think, I think that, that example works perfectly. But before I answer that question re, in regards to that example, let me tell you something about my personal life where this yeah. has work, worked before, you know. Uh, growing up, I was, a, I was a nerd at school, you know, always into studies, always focused about getting good grades and staying ahead of the class and everything. Uh, sports, exercise, fitness, diet was not something which was my cup of tea at that point, at that point you know. But I wanted that to change. I realized the importance sports, fitness, health can have in an individual, you know. And for me, the worst feeling could be that there's something that exists out there which I can be so good at, but I'm not because of my own stupid reasons, you know. So I wanted to be more fitter. I wanted to be more healthy. I wanted to have a good diet, exercise regularly and everything. But I wasn't doing that. But the person that I had in mind my future self that I envisioned, that I visualized as, as someone being this healthy, who wakes up on time, hits the gym right on time, eats healthily, you know, doesn't eat junk food, street food, fatty foods, or anything like that. I had to prepare. I had to work backwards, structure my plan in such a way that it's in sync with the person who I want to be. You know, start, if you fast forward two years, uh, I'd lost a lot of weight. I'm in the fittest form of my life that I've ever been. I'm pursuing two sports and I'm actually good at it. You know, so having that sort of mindset, reflecting upon what you want to be and then making the change in your present has really helped me to achieve what I wanted to achieve in, achieve in the past, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a simplified example of what happened. Now, coming back to the example that you gave, I want to own multiple properties in different parts of the country because I love traveling, love being my own boss, love having multiple businesses in multiple countries. And if I want to do that in the future, how should I change right now? You know, so there are a lot of variables uh, to this approach. First variable is, I mean, how much money do I want to have in the future in order to do it? You know, in order to get that return on investment, how much should I start saving by now? You know, and should I start saving now? And then how much should I have saved at that age to be able to conduct a project like that? You know, mm-hmm. right now I'm in the final year of my university looking for jobs. Uh, do I want to be working a job when I'm owning properties in multiple countries at that time? The answer would be no, because if I'm owning a job, then what's the point of, you know, I mean, I won't right. be in a position to travel around the world whenever I want and everything, because I would have a separate commitment. So that's the second variable. So if I really entrench it within myself that, okay, well, owning multiple properties is something that I really want to do. I mean, I want it as bad as it gets, you know, then I would change my priorities today in a way that I would retire early from my job. I would save more, you know, I would, I would invest my money in the stuff that I should be investing and not do any um, irrelevant expenditures. You know, I would not go out, uh, spend money on takeaways or food or anything. I would rather save them so that I can take advantage of them in the future. So all those changes I would make right now, if I want to live a life that you described in your example, I want to be living in the future. Hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, it does make sense. And some of what you said yeah. means sacrifice. And it sounds like that you come from uh, a background where you understand it because uh, being an entrepreneurial family, people people have this dream of entrepreneurship. I don't think they understand that there's a lot you have to sacrifice to really be an entrepreneur. It's not all sunshine and roses like you see on TV. Exactly. Um, Nope. So I think that, and I'm not saying it's an unfair advantage. I'm just saying that I think you have an advantageous point of view right now because you understand, like you just said, a lot of things that are sacrifice, sacrificial. Yeah. Right? You're giving up a lot of things to attain that future because, and, and I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth, because I feel like you value the end, ga- the end goal. You can see it, you know how to get there, and you're willing to make those changes. But right. some of the things that you mentioned are difficult. So how do you, what would your advice be to somebody who um, struggles with that? Because what you said, now saying it is, is easy. There's Absolutely. A oh, yeah. plan. However, yeah. execution is always difficult. And I feel that people go through a cycle. And this is just my own experience and it could be wrong. Yeah. But this is just, this is a Davidism, right? So people <laughs> go through a cycle. Right. And... Uh, they fall, let's just say it's the diet cycle, right? Like, well, let's go back to your example. Yep. Like the young Jag was like, dude, I'm, I'm an academic crazy man. Like I am top of the class, <laughs> like math Olympiad. Like I dare you to come at me with a quadratic equations with a square root of like, whatever. I won't even need a calculator. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> like, but 
yeah. that Jag wasn't necessarily, he had a lot of game in the academics, but he didn't have the good health that yep. you were after. Yep. So you were able to sacrifice. So there were some sacrifices there and, and go oh, yeah. and, and this is one that people struggle with. This is a real life, like hard thing. People yeah. will go on a diet. They will try to eat real, real food, meaning like non-processed food. Um, yep. So for, for everybody listening, when I say real food, I mean, it is not processed. You have to cook it or you can literally bite into it like an apple or peel it like an orange. It is real food. It has not yep. been processed for you in some takeaway container or in some microwavable container or just fast food. That is not real food. That is, it's not, that is processed. Yep. There's a change that needs to be made there. And people will miss, like, let's say, for example, for the, for argument's sake, you have to give up French fries. Yep. No, Jack, I don't even know what country you're in. Um, I'm in England at the moment. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So uh, chips, you have to give up chips. Yeah. And that's like in in Western diet, like that's, we love our chips or French yeah. fries for those of us who have French fries. Um, yeah. Like that's a thing, like that's, those, I mean, come on, who doesn't love one of those? But to attain good health, that deep fried starch turns into sugar it spikes your glucose level, or not your glucose level, it spikes your insulin levels. And also that deep fried starch is bad for your liver. So people need to give that up. Absolutely. Also, if anybody who's on has liver problems knows that's the truth. If you don't believe me, go, go research it and trust me. Uh, French fries or chips is one of the main culprits of fatty liver disease. Anyway, Absolutely. My, public, yeah. my public service announcement is over, over for the portion <laughs> of the podcast. Um, so, Got to give that up every once in a while. Even somebody like me who has has been on the good health food struggle, and this is why it's so personal for me too. Right. Okay. I love a chip or a French fry. You know, like. Right. So. Oh yeah. Every once in a while, I fall off my plan, and I have some. But right. I think what what people do is they fall off, they have them, and then they beat themselves up, and then they go into this shame spiral, and and I think. And I'm hoping that your experience will lead down this way. And if it doesn't agree with what I'm saying, that's part of the reason we're having the podcast is, you know, it's not like David's rules for the world, you know, (laughs) but it's it's my personal experience for my success that if I just acknowledge, okay, I had one bad day, let's go back at it tomorrow. I don't kill myself for it. I acknowledge Mm -hmm. it because I don't want to shove it down because then, then I'm suppressing it. And that has a way of coming back negative too. But if you just acknowledge it, move on and you know, go back to your healthy diet. That's fine. Also, if you allow yourself that one cheat day a month or whatever it is for you, you know, just allow yourself to have it. Absolutely. Deprivation. That's my system for, for dealing with these kind of setbacks. And I feel like, like I said, people go into the shame spiral. How do you help? What's your advice to help them through that? Thanks for asking me that question. I've got a couple of points to add to that. Before I do that, actually, I do love, like standing by the river, eating fish and chips in a rainy mm-hmm. weather, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I only do it once a year <laughs> around Christmas time. That's yeah. yeah. Just one day in the entire 365 days, I eat fish and chips and I allow myself to do it. And I, and I, and I don't do after that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and again, I wasn't like this. So to answer your question out to all those people who are struggling, the shame cycle that you, that you, that you mentioned, you know, uh, you go off track once and then you remain off track for however many long times, right? That happens because, according to me, people try to make drastic changes. 
Let me give you an example. Yeah. I want to be healthy. I am giving up all the fatty foods starting right at this moment. I've heard that a lot. And I'm pretty sure you heard that a lot. Not necessarily yep. limited to dieting, but anything. I'm giving up watching Netflix because I've been binge watching all my life. I'm giving up Netflix right at this moment. I'm not going to watch it again. You know, mm-hmm. you see all these, I want to say, overly enthusiastic commitments that people make, underestimating them in the long term. You know, this is called drastic changes. And when they do it, you know, when tomorrow comes in, they realize how hard it is. Oh my God, no, I won't do it. Oh, I won't do it. And then, you know, when, when that temptation strikes in and they do open Netflix, they do have their, their chips and everything. And then they just remain off track for a lot of time. You know, so it's that, it's that, it's this drastic change that they make within the moment, you know, yeah. from, they go from hundred to pretty much zero. And then once the temptation strikes in, cause it's going to strike in because your body is used to living that way. If you give that up, it's going to want it more even more than it did before. Yes. You know, in, in, in economics, we talk about marginal utility. Your marginal ut- utility is going to increase the moment your consumption goes down to zero. You would want to want it more. You know, that's when they go off track. So my approach, and this is what I did, and this works because I can apply it to myself. I've seen people do it, is not to make those drastic changes, lowering the amount first. Hey, I'm eating chips seven days a week. Okay, well, can I bring it down to three days a week? Start living that. Start living like that for a couple of months. Hey, I've been, I've been having chips three days a week. I feel good, but I think I can lower it down to having two days a week now. All right, so Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to have chips. Other than that, I'm not going to have chips. You know, I'm going to cut down on my fatty diet. And everything. It's this general slow progression of you lowering your intake, lowering the amount of programs you watch, I mean, lowering the amount of times you go out and spend money to buy food. All of these approaches, all of these aspects of life, instead of making drastic changes, if you want to succeed, my advice to you is lower it down first. And then eventually you can bring it down to zero. Like I have. Haven't given up eating chips yet, but I only eat it around Christmas time once a year. I hope that answers your question, David. It does. Thank you. And, you know, when it comes to... to to chips uh, or french fries in the United States myself. Like I'm actually probably down to maybe once a quarter. Right. But the, for me, I've gotten to a point with my own healthy eating that the risk, like I perceive the risk to be not worth the reward. And yeah. quite frankly, um, what I'm finding is like when I do have it, I don't like the, the taste anymore. Like my taste buds have changed from the fast food diet that I enjoyed to the, or the takeaway diet that I enjoy to the, to the whole real food diet that I'm on now. Right. Uh, like for example, me personally, and, and it, I'm not trying to turn this into a diet show. I promise I'll get back <laughs> to your, to your original, your original, um, topic, but yep. I found that, uh, my taste buds have definitely changed because I don't ingest anything that I read labels all the time now. And if the label says the words added sugars, I will not yep. put it into my body. Right. And there are certain processed like wheats. Like if it's not a whole, I don't, I don't, I don't eat a lo- whole lot of grains anymore unless it's like a quinoa or something like that. But if I'm going to eat uh, a bread, it's usually uh, a whole wheat or whole grain bread versus like the processed 
white flour or uh, if you're gluten-free, the rice flours, all those, all those white flours, those are all processed. They remove the fiber and the protein um, and they're really just starch and sugar at that point. Right. Uh, but I don't like those tastes anymore. And some, you know, like if I have, if I'm having a weak moment and I really want a piece of chocolate because Jack, yeah. I was, I was addicted to sugar. I, well, I always will feel like I'm adi always addicted, but <laughs> like if I need chocolate, like yeah. the lowest percentage I'll go is 85% dark. I actually wow. prefer the 90 or the 95% now, like anything below that's too sweet. Right. So okay. things change for yeah. the better as you get into a pattern. It's those patterns that are replicatable that lead us to, to the goal, right? So absolutely. Um, no, I appreciate. I I, I appreciate that. Uh, and if I if I may pause the podcast for one second, I like to have the guests uh, tell us a little bit about themselves and tell us, uh, like, are you, I don't know if you're a podcaster, are you an author, or you know, whatever it is that you want to help share, like I, I like to do that in the beginning because I usually forget and I did, right. but hopefully it's still early enough. Well, you forgive me. So if we no could just do that now, I'd like them, everybody uh, to hear about you a little bit now. Absolutely. Yep. So can I go ahead? Yeah, please. All right. Hey guys, uh, my name is uh, Jag Singh, as David mentioned, and I'm the host of the International Connection podcast, which is a creativity and entrepreneurship podcast where I interview, as I said, creative entrepreneurs from around the world to share inspiring stories with you people. Um, creativity and entrepreneurship being two of my biggest passions in life, I've always been motivated to create a platform where people can come and share their creativity no matter what it is, singing, dancing, writing, cooking, painting, whatever. And in, in return can inspire other people to first figure out what their creativity is and second to start something with their creativity. You know, I'm also an author, a writer on Medium. I write a lot of creative uh, poetry as well as daily entrepreneurship blogs. Uh, they're all based on really helping you to identify how you can use your creative ideas into doing something that will last you uh, for a long time in your own life, whether it is starting a venture or starting a business or, or taking your creativity to the next level. And I want to thank David for giving me the opportunity to be a guest on Perception is Reality and to share my views and opinions with the world. Well, I appreciate, we all appreciate you being here, but me specifically because I'm the one who's actually talking to you. So thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. So, and that can be found on all platforms, uh, you know, whatever your favorite podcasting media is that you're listening to this show on i can guarantee you, you will be able to find the international connection podcast on that as well and right here uh, jags that a weekly show is it daily monthly it's, it's a weekly show uh, you can find it on apple google stitcher even buzzsprout um i have my own website which is called the international connections if you want to read some good material on creativity and entrepreneurship in general feel free to visit the website comment send me a message you can find my daily blogs on Medium. You can type my name, Jag Singh, and, and they'll definitely show up. Or else you can ask David. He can direct you in the right position. I'm Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, I'll cover that. But for all of us, um, spelling's important. So Jag is J-A-G. But Singh is, there's an H at the end of that word. So exactly. So yeah. clear when you're typing that in <laughs> for anybody who's not familiar with the Indian version of the word saying, which is actually a name, there's an H on it. 
Absolutely. So can we delve into the creativity half of the um, of of your your topic? So sounds good. Creativity is an interesting way to look at entrepreneurship because I always feel like to be an entrepreneur or to run a business or to be uh, in any way, shape, or form helping to helping to run a business, you actually need a a large dose of creativity uh, yep. because there's no answers. There's no, I mean, there are answers for some things, but for a lot of things, your situation is going to be different from somebody else's. So there, what worked for somebody might not work for you. So there's, yep. there's creativity and, and adaptation that are crucial. However, yep. hearing that you like to, write um and i know you do a daily blog but you also said that you write creative um or uh shoot i didn't write it down jag i'm sorry you write on medium you write something else it's um creative poetry is what i do yeah thank you yes because i remember thinking like i do as well um i actually write a lot of haiku believe it or not that's amazing uh so those two kinds of creativity, like what it takes to, to do creative poetry. Um, and when you say that to me, like I'm imagining, um, poetry that is quite, has a lot of imagery in it. That's what I'm envisioning. You're on the right path. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that, thank you. Uh, again, that, that was, that's my perception, (laughs) (laughs) you know, what that means, what that term means. Um, so it's glad to know that, that I was, that I, my perception met your reality there. Um, how does, I'm struggling to say this, so I'm just gonna say it like this. No problem. Those two types of creativity to me seem parallel, but not intersecting. And I have a feeling you're about to change my version of reality and tell me how they do intersect. Am I wrong in that? Uh, I'd like to like clarify the question a little bit. What two types of creativity are so you talking about? Would help there's me creativity in what we do. So you write um, the, the, the poetry. I, I do as well. And I also write haikus. And those right. are kind of very uh, imaginative. They're, there's a lot of imagery. We're trying to get people to see a picture with our words. Yes. Uh, and, and the yes. reason I like haiku is because I like to get, I like to get the most emotional extreme reaction I can from as little words as possible. And that's a talent in itself. And I mean, kudos to you to be able to do that. Yeah, it's, uh, well, thank you. And I don't mean to, be, well, <laughs> I didn't mean to sound dismissive when I was like, well, yeah, and no, but what I was trying to say, and I'm like, words matter, David, that, so I wasn't being dismissive as that. Uh, <laughs> That actually comes from, are you familiar with the DISC personality wheel? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm afraid. So if you look up DISCs, there's this, uh, basically it's like a type A personality, like a very driven person. And that the haiku comes from, from that part of my personality is that I, I like brevity, yep. um, and, which is kind of ironic because my podcasts always run an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. So me saying the word <laughs> brevity is kind of funny. But when I'm trying to make a point, uh, I'll often go for an extreme to make the point And then, which I, 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 to use some, to explain it, 
if I want to make a point with you, Jag, I would push you to what I call the edge, the cliff. Like I would have you on a cliff and I would make sure that your toes were the only thing keeping you on the cliff. Your heels were off the cliff and you're balancing. And to make right. my point, I would use words that get you to that point and good in a good way and in and, and, and any way you, you think possible. I just don't want it to sound like it's always David's trying to make a negative point. No, when I'm trying to make a point, I use words to be an extreme. And then I typically back people away from that because once I've gotten their attention, yeah, then I can back them away and, and conversations always end up well. That's a style that works for me because I know I'm good at assessing people's points before they go off the cliff. I know how far I can go to make my point, to make sure that they're listening. Yeah. But that's like where the haiku comes in. I like to practice that and, and you know, that's 17 syllables. What yeah. can I accomplish in 17 syllables? Yeah. Uh, so it's like a, it, it's a game for me. It's, you know, what, what can I do? But anyway, that's too yep. much about me and not enough about you. So <laughs> what I meant by that creativity to answer your question is so creativity, that kind of creativity in my mind comes from a different part of the brain than the creativity and the type of thinking that one needs when they're running a business or trying to be an entrepreneur uh, or something like that. And what I was saying was, is I have a feeling you're about to enlighten me about how those are not parallel creativity lines of thinking that they're they're one and the same that's that's my i have two perceptions here that we need to dispel one is yeah. that they're parallel they don't intersect and the other perception is is that you're about to enlighten me and tell me how they don't so let me know where i'm wrong sounds good yeah let me let me start off by saying they might appear parallel but they have mm -hmm. the same source they all originate from a single point so if you look back you know they're converging they're like uh, lights of rays through a convex lens, if you know what I mean. <laughs> this is my nerdy side kicking. I do because I'm a total dork. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nerd, so I, I totally get what you're saying. And I just have to say, and I'm going to pause you for a moment and just say that that's a mind blown moment because I never thought about it that way. In my mind, it's like the light cycles in Tron. Um, right. to really let's really geek out I mean if you're really a geek <laughs> you know Tron I'm just assuming absolutely. you know Tron so absolutely the light cycles in Tron those are parallel lines if they cross bad things happen so I'm imagining like those cycles they just start yeah but what you're saying is like well David they've already intersected because they came from the same point exactly so where I'm looking in the future this is what you talked about it's people sit down yep. this is an important point this is exactly <laughs> what Jag was saying you have to look back to look forward. So I wasn't looking back to say, okay, those, those points came from the same spot and they can get you to a destination that we talked about. Right. Absolutely. How was that for it. tying it all together? See, I pay attention, Jack. <laughs> I, I, absolutely you do. And, and that's quite impressive. When I, when I threw the convex, convex example out there, I thought, oh my God, he's going to kick my ass on this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, I actually am relieved that, that you appreciate it and you do understand it, you know? I do, and, and hopefully I explained it well enough for somebody who doesn't understand the, the geek talk. Uh, you did, okay. you really did, so absolutely. Take, okay, finish, finish taking me there because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm on this train, go ahead. Absolutely, now how I describe creativity is it, it lies at the center of innovation. You know, if you want to be innovative, people who are innovators out there, good entrepreneurs and everything, they have to be creative first. 
you know. Uh, let, let me take the convex example ex uh, even more further. You know, the, the lens, which in our case is the convex lens, is your medium. To take that creativity which originated from one point and that point being from inside you, because creativity is all about creating something authentic, you know, mm -hmm. that lens then becomes the medium through which you have to pass your creativity. Now, those lenses can be of different forms, you know. If I want to practice my creativity in a voice format, I would start a podcast. That's my lens over there. And the creativity that comes out of there is going to look different than the creativity that's going to come out of an entrepreneurship lens. You know, if I'm making a product, like my dad is a surface engineer and uh, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur, so he, he is involved in a manufacturing business. The lens that he puts in on his creativity comes from his science background, comes from the manufacturing uh, experience that he has had so if, if you if you see his creativity if you go on and see his history you're going to see byproducts of that but it's all coming from one point it's originating from one point that is within you. your true authenticity your true creativity that lies at the center of what you want to innovate uh, i'm gonna take a break for a moment just to just to make sure that you understand what i mean yeah, no, I'm totally following you, and I, I hadn't looked at it from that perspective. And another thing that you said that really I hadn't even thought of is that uh, to be vocally creative, like I never thought of the podcast as being vocally creative. Like my view of this podcast has always been a test of a few things. Um, right. One do I have the ability to connect with, with complete strangers? And if I can, then anybody can. That's like an underlying principle of the podcast, uh, right. which is one reason why I don't like to know anything about my guests, because I want people to know that if they walk up to somebody, they can actually, a different walk of life, different country, different upbringing, different socioeconomic, whatever, doesn't matter, fill in the blank with your description. You can actually have a decent conversation yep. if you're open to having the conversation. Exactly. exactly. And for all of you introverts out there, I'm not saying that you have to walk up to strangers and have a conversation. But what I am saying is that as, and believe it or not, that's another thing for me, uh, Jag, is that I am actually quite the world's introvert. So I do this podcast to help force me out of my comfort zone. I don't believe you at all. You being uh, an introvert, man. <laughs> yep. Nope. It's true, true statement. Uh, and again, if you go to my disc profile, like I right. am, uh, and if you look up DISC, so those of you that know, and I've talked about DISC a lot on the show, so regular listeners will understand, I actually have a high D profile, right. which means it's called the dominant trait. That means that um, my friend Jean Allen, who I interviewed on a podcast earlier, she describes the high Ds and just she says, be bright, be brief, and be gone. So right. high D personalities, we like bullet points. We don't like a lot of the fluff. When we come up and talk to you, we're not going to say, hey, Jag, how's the wife and kids? Um, I'm not, not that you do or don't have. I have no idea. But if you did or if, if you're a single guy, I'd be like, hey, Jag, you know, how was your, your bike ride? Uh, right. Whatever right. hobby it is that you have. You know, the, a high D personality, we're not doing that. Like a, right. I would come up to you at your desk if we work together, whatever, and I'd be like, you got that report? I wouldn't even like acknowledge your name. Like, yeah. I'm, and I'm using an extreme. This is what I talk about. I'm using an extreme to make an example. To explain. Yes. Um, so knowing that after I got first, this is very fascinating. This goes back like years, like 20 plus years in, in David's history. Here is like when I first took that test, I didn't realize 
that, but I knew some things were holding me back. And like, like you said, Jack, I wanted to get to a certain point in life and a certain career. I had to change the person I was. So I had to really understand what my, con I, I know what my, my conflict style is. I know what mm -hmm. my personality style is on at least four different platforms. Uh, Myers-Briggs uh, and DISC are the ones I use the most, but there are others that, that I've studied as well. Um, but in two, the Myers-Briggs and the DISC, I became a certified trainer. So I really learned how to, by, by becoming that trainer, I can move my personality to mirror the personality of the person I'm talking with because it's about effective communication. So that's yes. why people never guess that I am what I am. They always guess the personality profile that they are, which is what I always strive and attain to because that puts them at their comfort zone and then we can have an effective conversation because I'm speaking to them in a language they understand and want to hear and I understand what they're saying and, and I, can, I can translate that into my personality style without asking them to cater to my needs. I'm catering to their needs and it just makes for a better conversation. So that was a very long way to talk about that. That's why you wouldn't perceive me that way. But again, right. I'm forcing myself out there. So I had to look at that. So that's an example that I did what you're talking about here today. And I didn't actually acknowledge that. And I mean, I knew I was doing it. I made a conscious decision to do that, but I didn't have, I didn't understand what I was doing until what was that? How long was my soliloquy about five minutes until about five minutes ago. <laughs> Thanks to you today. Jay. So No problem. I mean, that's the idea of connecting the dots, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you can only see the dots connecting once you have done it. Then you can look back and say, oh, I see the pattern now. But when you're doing it, you know, you, you sort of like, you need, I don't know uh, whether I should say the word faith, but I can't really find a synonym out there. So I'm just going to say it. You, when you're doing it, you need to have faith in what you're doing. You know, you need to have an idea of what you want to be and just do the stuff. And then when you get there, you look back, you see, well, okay, there's a reason why it turned out to be like this. You know? Absolutely. And, and I know that this conversation will cause me to think most of the weekend because everybody, um, we're recording on a Friday morning. Uh, <laughs> so this will give me quite a bit to think about over the weekend. Uh, I never really thought about, in I thought about it in terms of what you are saying here today and the way that you're applying it. Um, so let's go back to the creativity. So we started from a single point. Yep. And you've proved that, you've proven to me, um, using the scientific principles, of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that... Uh, facts are facts. Facts, facts are facts. And, oh, um, well, no, I, I won't bore you, bore you with that right now, but I'll, I'll may, if I remember, I'll let you know later because I want to see how you deal with something. No problem. Um, but facts are definitely facts. And so the creativity may fan out in their lines. So they may not be parallel, but they might not intersect. Uh, some, but like rays of sunshine, they may fan out. However, they all originate from the sun. So our creativity originates from the same source. Yep. And that creativity well can be applied in many different ways that have many different good results. Yes. Have you ever come across a situation 
and I, I have a feeling I know the answer to this one, so I hope I'm setting you up in a positive way. If not, you can IM me and tell me I'm an idiot. Or you can say right. it right now. I don't care. Um, but have you ever found where you needed to draw on your poetry creativity line to impact your entrepreneurial line in a positive way? Just so I can understand your question um, on a deeper level, you're trying to say, was I ever encountered with a problem where I had to change my creative poetry in a way so that it directly relates to my entrepreneurship side? Kind of. What I'm saying is, so when we put on, so let's talk about your dad. Um, and yes. for, for when he listens to the episode, I just want to do a shout out to dad. He did a great <laughs> job with Jag. And if you have any siblings, you probably did a great job with them too, but I'm talking to the person in front of me. So good right. job, dad. What's dad's name? Jeet. J-W-E-T, yeah. Good job, man. Um, Jag's a solid person. So <laughs> what I'm saying is, so you've got your, like when you look at your dad, he's an engineer. Yeah. Right, so he, and people don't understand like engineers, I think there's, I could talk about this because as, as an, I come from an engineering field myself. Right. Um, people don't think that we can be creative, you know, where we've got our pocket protectors and our, pencils and pens aligned neatly and we just, you know, have the glasses and a pencil stuck behind our ear and, you know, we're just engineering. <laughs> but we actually have to be quite creative to solve oh, yeah. incredibly complex problems. But Talk about fourth year design projects. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. to do that though, yeah, you know, that you've got to be creativity and, I, and, oh, yeah. and to, to, but, you, but to be that kind of creative, you might not need to draw on prose. Like, cause there's certain way to rhyme things. You might not, you might not rhyme your poetry. You might rhyme sometimes. You might paint certain picture. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're painting a picture with words versus like oil paints or pastels, right? Exactly. Have you ever, what I'm saying is they, those originated from the same point. They fanned out, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has your ability to write imaginative prose have you ever needed to draw upon that well to solve a problem in your in your entrepreneurship or your fourth year design like have you ever been able to be like your, your brain just automatically gets the light bulb above it there's an aha moment and then you'd be like oh i need i can just draw from this over here and i just take it out of this basket and i put it over here for a little while and then you know the 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 skies part above you in, in the UK and the light shines down and you're like, wow, it's summer for three days. Awesome. And then you go back to gray skies, <laughs> but you know, something like that. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I'm starting to get a sense of, uh, of, of what your question is. It, it's, it's so um, interesting, you know, for you to bring this up. Um, so it challenges me to think and actually reflect upon my own experiences. But to answer your question now, um, and I might, might answer it wrongly because my understanding of the, of the question might be totally wrong. So feel free to uh, interfere uh, if I'm going on a tangent. But the answer is yes. Because uh, my creativity, uh, when I write poetry, I, I can apply that and I have to my entrepreneurship side. First of all, is, is, is that what, yes. uh, what you ask? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, and I can give you a couple of examples, actually. Please do. For example, well, let's talk about poetry because you did. Mm -hmm. Now, I do rhyme. I do write free verse. Absolutely. 
uh, being a fan of uh, Hemingway because I like his ice work style of writing. Mm-hmm. I also try to induce mystery into my writing. Let the leader, readers figure out the end, if you know what I mean. Let, let, them, let them paint the picture of what happens in the future and everything. Yeah. So how much to put in and what to take out is a balanced approach. It's very scientific in itself. You know? It's an algorithm, according to me. How much should I put in depends upon the outcome that I want to get out. What, what is the outcome? Again, starting with the end in mind, doesn't matter whether it's my life or it's a 10 line poem. What sort of output do I want my readers to take home with? You know, how do I want to end this? What should be my end product if I'm manufacturing something? How much percentage should go in? How much percentage should be taken out? You know, what type of words should go in? What type of images should go in? What type of images should be taken out? so that my end message is exactly what I want it to be. That can be an aspect of my poetry. I can take out some words, I can take out some rhymes, or I can add minimal just so I can get the end point that I need. And I can do that in my own entrepreneurial way. What sort of actions do I need to put in right now? What do I need to take out, you know? Just so I can leave with that output, leave with that end product. Am I, am I making sense? Yes. Right. Now, some, someone told me the other day, and I hope, it was, I hope it was mine, but you know, sometimes you get this feeling, man, this, there's so much wisdom out there, and I wish I belonged to some of it, you know? So I, I came across this line the other day, and I wish it was mine. I'm copying it from someone else. It was uh, that perfection is not achieved when there's nothing to add in. Instead, it is achieved when there's nothing left to take out. I'll repeat that. Perception is, uh, sorry, perfection is not achieved when there's nothing left to add in. Instead, it is achieved when there's nothing left to take out, when things are in equilibrium, you know? So if yes. you want to achieve that sort of perfection, then it doesn't matter whether you're writing a poetry or you're doing a business or you're doing a public speaking, you need to understand what sort of elements you got to add and what you need to take out. I'll end it right there. No, that's a good that's a good thought. Um, and I'm just thinking about that for a moment because so I don't, so yeah, I guess I can see that perfection is achieved by removing things because the less that, that there is yeah. in that thing, the purer it becomes. So I guess one could perceive that as being uh, that purity in whatever that is. And purity might be the wrong word, but that could be perfection. Yeah. To to expand on that, if you give me the permission. Yeah, go, um, go. I learned that at at the most unusual place you can think of. Like during our teen years, we all work, right? So I was working in in Subway making sandwiches, was terrible at it. So they put me in the back kitchen. Hey, you go and wash dishes and prep stuff. Full disclosure out there, I could not even make a Subway sandwich. (laughs) That's how bad I was. So... I had to show up for this morning shift where I had to uh, mix, I still remember, tuna with mayo, you know? Mm-hmm. So they had tuna in a bowl and I had to put mayo in it. So this old lady comes up, who's already had an experience working with Subway. She's been in the job for over five years now. And I was allotted to her because she was, she was the supervisor. So she told me actually that when you're adding the mayo, to the bowl of tuna, it's actually easier 
to add more later. So start off by adding small amounts. It's actually easier to add more later than to take out once you've added it. You know, does that make well, sense? It does, because in that case, you physically can't remove it. It's like, trying to, put, it's like trying to put your toothpaste back in a tube. I like to use Absolutely. that analogy. You exactly. And that is something that has stuck with me ever since. You know, and I apply that to every aspect of my life. You know, I can take on a hundred responsibilities right now. But again, does the end that I want to reach is in sync with that? Then I give up some of the stuff if it's not. You know, so it's, it's hard to take out stuff once you've added it than to actually gradually and slowly add it in stages once you're making progress. No, that, that, that actually is something that, again, you're giving me a lot to think about. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, these are things that I want to say I just take for granted because they just are like, I, I, I talk about the toothpaste analogy. Right. Um, you know, you know, try to put your toothpaste, you know, back in your tube. You can, it's just not the way that that's designed. Now, my son who takes after me, who's kind of a wise ass, um, there was, I forget what, however condiment it was, it might've been ketchup or whatever, but it's in a squeezy bottle and there was too much on it. And he was like, oh yeah. And he, you know, squeezed the air out of it and then was able to suck it back in. I'm like, that's not the same thing. I said toothpaste. <laughs> But that's, right. that's, you know, I'm like, well, at least I'm raising him to be a critical thinker, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look he, at that old man. He's um, finding exceptions. That's, that's the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, take that. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's, he's being successful in, in his own way. Yeah. Um, but that's really cool. It's like how you can dip into one creative well and I really apply it, which leads me to believe that it's changing my view of creativity, right? So it's not necessarily so concrete. These things can be adapted and applied like other skills. So um, I'll have to think about how I can apply them myself better because I like to, I play, I like to play musical instruments. Um, I couldn't carry a tune singing wise if it was in a bucket whoever right. said that but uh, <laughs> um, you know I can play a few things and and as I've gotten older I don't actually like to I don't even play full songs anymore I just play the fun parts of the songs that I like to play, right which is kind of lazy and funny but um, I mean what sort of instruments do you play in yeah. um, I play the guitar the bass uh, nice. the mandolin the ukulele and my daughter was trying to teach me violin but I don't have my own violin to practice with right right, right. <laughs> okay so, uh, but the violin and the ukulele are tuned the same. So, I mean, not, not the ukulele, the violin and the mandolin are tuned the same. Uh, so it's easy to apply that, but. Uh, Absolutely. Having a non-fretted instruments, um, finding interest interesting, but. Um, uh, violin especially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a lot of, um, it's complicated to get the right, uh, intonations it's, it's i won't know yet and i've played uh, classical music uh i've actually been trained in playing violin for over five years and i can tell you yeah you really have to get your practice practice right if you yeah, want to get it, it you, definitely and that's not that yeah. i when if i'm going uh i don't have much time to play anymore um, yeah not as much of a priority because 
living healthy and my own personal fitness is taken a priority. So yes. something, this is one common misconception is something's got to give. Oh, yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't have, you can't be a slave to multiple masters. Uh, nope. And that's probably a really horrible way to say that, but you can't. So you can't, you know, there, there's like a lot of the TED Talks is like you can't have friends, family, sleep, and a job. You have to, you can only pick three or in good health. Exactly. And exactly. good health. Out of those five, you can only pick three. Hey, you can, do, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Exactly. So when I'm going, what little time I do allot myself to play anything, I, I go to one of my, I have two, I, I have multiple guitars. I collect them and I'm trying to get rid of, I have to thin the herd. And I just, I've, I've got it down to like the two that I play the most. I've hung them up on a wall and then the rest I'm trying to sell because I don't really pay attention to them. They're beautiful. I consider them artwork. Yep. Um, by the talented luthiers that made them, people don't understand how difficult it is to really make a, a good musical instrument. Anybody can make a, a bad musical instrument, quite frankly, but to make a really, truly well-done musical instrument is an art. They may look Absolutely. the same, but they're not yeah. the same. Uh, but I, anyway, I need to get rid of that. But I don't spend a lot of time on the mandolin anymore or the ukuleles or the violin. So those are... You know, not as much, but anyway. Yeah. Um, we're doing really good on time for once. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, usually I'm like really long and long-winded, but I did um, want to talk more about your reality checks. How often do you do those reality checks? Well, I've got something which is called a vision board. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure that you know what it is. Yep. What a vision, vision board is, you know? Absolutely. And to your audience out there, if there's anyone who doesn't know, vision board is something, it's, it's a display board where you stick all your goals and dreams, the things that you want to have in life, the goals that you want to achieve, the objectives you want to, you know, attain at this point. So that for me plays a big part in doing reality checks. Because let's say, if I'm drifting off of the path that I'm supposed to be on by a distraction, let's say if I'm um, meant to study, but if, if let's say A plus is on my, start with a simple example, if A plus is on my vision board and I know that I should be studying right now, but I, feel, I don't feel like it, you know, I feel like watching Netflix, watching an episode of a beautiful sitcom or anything, then having that vision board inside my vision in my frame actually does the reality check. It makes me ask, if I want that, what sort of action should I be doing right now? And that empowers me to, um, to do delayed gratification, to give up on the stuff that I should not be doing and actually study more. So I think vision board is the biggest uh, reality check in my life right now. Couple of others that involve um, I've written paragraphs and paragraphs of the life I want to live, the house that I want to live in. Um, I mean, I've, I've brought it down to the detail of it, you know, the car that I want to drive and everything. Not just all these materialistic things, it's just to make the example a bit more easier, but uh, what sort of company do I want to have? What sort of relationships do I want to have with uh, my own family in the future? I mean, my family right now and everything. So again, crystal clear in my mind, as to what I really want. And then 
again, taking it back to where I am right now and what can I give up, like you said in the beginning, to achieve those. Um, it all comes down to one thing, which I, which I heard from, um, from, a, um, from a talk that I, uh, from, by Jordan Belfort. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Wolf of the Wall Street, the movie came as well. So he said, I was at the talk and he said, um, what are you willing to give up today to get what you want tomorrow? You know, so, and I kind of took it to my heart. You know, some people liked it, some people didn't. Some members of my family do not necessarily agree with that, but hey, it's been working out for me and I've been living that sort of lifestyle for a long time now. So again, it all comes down to that, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yep. That's a good way to put it, for sure. (laughs) So yeah, vision board. Again, if if all those people out there want to start their own business, but they keep, uh, you know, finding themselves getting off track, being sucked into the endless cycle of distraction or anything, and if you don't have a vision board yet, my advice to you, if I can recommend anything, is to get a vision board and stick all your goals and objectives on it. Yeah. Agreed. And for those of you who don't want a tangible vision board meaning you can touch it see it and feel it like in your house um you can use pinterest and i I, for the for the record for me to say that out loud is a struggle because i really sincerely dislike pinterest um in the beginning it was a good tool but now you you pin something and then you have to go through five pages of ads to get to the recipe that you pinned uh you know like 10 days ago you're like where the heck is the recipe you're scrolling (laughs) In the beginning, you would pin a recipe, you'd go back to the pin and you would go right to the recipe. Now it's like all ads and pages of just junk. Um, right. However, don't let that dissuade you. You can pin things in there that aren't actual web pages. You can actually go back to like traditional photos and stuff or whatever. Oh, yeah. That can be your vision board. Um, and you can actually create multiple Pinterest pages and one of them can be that. That can be private or you could share it publicly if you want to motivate yourself. Um, you know, absolutely. Whatever. Just, yeah, just can, a humble yeah. suggestion. I use, I like to use the screensaver method as well, which I'm pretty sure David knows about. It's whatever you want, you put it as a lock screen of your phone. So at any time you look at your phone to go on Facebook or anything, the mm-hmm. first thing that comes up is that screensaver of the stuff that you need. Then yep. you'd automatically throw your phone away because that's a reality check right there. Yep. No, I, I, I agree. There is that method. And um, for me, the background on my computer yeah. um, is a road that is an open road. So it leads you at the end, there's no stopping it. So the imagery there is there's an open road in front of you. There's no end or there's no obstacles in the way of the freedom of this road. And the end, there's no end to it. So it's an ongoing journey and there's no physical destination because you get to pick with that you know i can pick right. what i want to see but beautiful yeah on the road yeah i've edited that photo okay because as you know when you're driving down a road there's like messages in the road like right turn ahead there's those arrows and things like that right yep well on my road in the closest proximity to me it says the word opportunity in, in large right. font and then right. as you're looking down to go with the perspective of the road. So opportunity, and then the next word is success, and then the next word is prosperity. So opportunity leads to success, and success Indeed. will lead to prosperity. So that's my very true. That's my constant reminder on the background of my 
my PC. And that has meaning for me. Yep. Uh, and you know, if, if that helps anybody, hopefully, I mean, it may have meaning for you, but I, I know Jag, you're picking up what I'm putting down here uh, <laughs> with, with the purpose of having opportunity, being open to opportunity. And yep. if I'm open to, if I'm not open to opportunity, I'll never have success because whatever that success is, and you don't need to label opportunity. You don't need to label success. Success might be, I have a great wife that I've been married to for 9,000 years. We have two great kids. That's success yep. in my life. Yep. Or, and I have a great job. That's also a different way to look at success. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But if I wasn't open to the opportunity of taking the risk to yeah. talk to my now wife back when we were children, well, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to offend anybody who's like in the 18 to 24 range, but we were in college. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm know, 22, age, so yeah. A, yeah, so an age ago, yeah. like if I yeah. wasn't brave enough to have that conversation and right. to be open to that opportunity that she brought with her, I wouldn't have the success of my family. Absolutely. So, and then that, that prosperity is also, I mean, with multiple successes, you will be prosperous. And again, prosperous, I chose these words specifically because they're not They're, they're not specific enough where they're inhibiting. Right. Right. Okay. Is, is why I chose those words because if Mm -hmm. I'm open to opportunities, uh, if their relationship, because I don't know if I meet somebody new, like, you know, Jag, if I, I don't know where our relationship will take me. It's an opportunity. Every new interaction is an opportunity for a successful relationship. And that successful relationship can lead to prosperity, whatever that means. And that's why I chose those three words. And that's beautiful. I can, I can now see, like, it all makes sense in terms of, yeah like how you introduced yourself and, and some of the beliefs and values that you shared with me, how that all ties back to those three words that you just described. So that's brilliant. Yes. Thank you. Um, not yes. Like, yes, I'm awesome. No, no. Yes. I think <laughs> you understand because sometimes yeah. it's difficult for me to explain that. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes the things that are in my head, I have a hard time translating out. Right. Again, like it, it's the same with haiku. Like you're, you're able to bring your entire passion down to three words. You know, like you said, opportunity, success, and prosperity. And I think the same that you do with haiku as well. It's, it, it's a skill to have, really. Yeah. Thank, thank you. That's actually yeah. That I never see again. You're drawing lines and correlations <laughs> that I didn't really understand. So, the yes, I'm acknowledging. Yeah, I get it. That that yeah. absolutely. I'm boiling it down to the three. I boiled it down to the three most important words that mean the most to me, but also are open-ended enough where I can, I'm not limiting my prospects or my, my, I'm not limiting where I can go. Exactly. But yeah, my vision, my, I guess this is my vision board is these things because they're so open. I mean, I do have, um, I don't have a, a, a a tangible vision board anymore. uh, Right. Because, I mean, the younger me, that vision board had pictures of, like, large houses and cars. And, Ferraris and everything. Yeah, yeah and, and it, had, it had materialistic things. Yeah. And as I've grown and matured from my 20s now into my 40s, like, those have changed decade over decade. So, yeah. I mean, I've had the sports cars. I've had the large house. And now we're in a point where... Um, my wife and I are in our mid forties, late forties, mid to mid to late before like 47. So 
our kids, we had kids early. We wanted to have kids early. They're in their early 20s. Right. One's on a university, one's still in university. And um, so basically we're empty nesters. So we've downsized. Right. We went from the large house and we've downsized. We're, we're actually early on in all of that. Right. Um, so those things have changed for me. So the opportunity now that I want is I want to be able to go, um, you know, when, when my wife and I want to go travel, that's an opportunity. Like if an opportunity yeah. to travel comes up, we're like, should we go? Yeah. yeah. Um, going on the trip is a successful achievement of that. And then the prosperity that comes from that is, is the good memories, the good food that we've had, the experiences we have, that, that is the, the prosperity quotient of that for me. Yep. Um, and freedom. I, yes. So that's, see how that's changed. Like, I don't really care. Like I'll, I'll explain it this way. I've recently uh, just purchased a new vehicle. Right. And I was looking at luxury vehicles because I'm an empty nester. Right. So okay. I can afford a luxury vehicle now. Right. Right. If I want to. Yeah. 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 And I'll, and I'll, I'll yeah, everybody follow me. I'm not trying to brag. Hopefully it's not coming off that way. I mean, anybody can afford a luxury vehicle if they want to. You just need to sacrifice it. And that's what I'll yep. talk to in a moment is what I would have to sacrifice. Yep. But when I looked at the, let's just say Lexus and Toyota, you know, yep. when I looked at a, a Lexus and a Toyota, I, I had things that I wanted. All the things that I wanted were technology based. Okay. You know, okay. I wanted ventilated front seats air conditioned front seats because I live in Houston and trust me, that is important. Um, <laughs> air conditioned front seats might not be as important if you're living where you're living in the UK right now, because I yeah. don't think the temperatures soar over hundred degrees. Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that wasn't important to me. Plus certain technology packages so I could use my iPhone with CarPlay and things like that. And other yeah. things, both the Lexus and the Toyota had all of what I wanted. Yeah. The Lexus had, uh the sportier engine the sportier transmission and the plush interior right you know the toyota has a decent interior it's still got leather it's got a lot of good finishes it's not as fast and it doesn't have the like the the, the um not the transmission the um suspension that you know i'm gonna go race race on a track and so i had to think yep. well what do I really want? These are the things that I really want that doesn't equate to luxury. And if I spend $20,000 more on a car, that $20,000 spread over the course of the loan, what am I giving up? Well, that means I'm going to be giving up those weird trips when, when yeah, my wife is like, hey, let's go here for a weekend. And we can literally yeah. just buy a plane ticket and fly because living in Houston, there's two, yeah, there's two major airports and, and flights pretty much anywhere in the world are very inexpensive from Houston. It's one of the reasons we like living here. Right. So we can just right. go. But if I had bought the luxury car, I would have to sacrifice that freedom. Yeah. So, you know, I would still be spending the same amount of money, but I'd rather have that money and go be able to do things that we want. So it's all about the sacrifice. You realize the opportunity cost. Exactly. Of it. You know, uh, the, the opportunity cost is something that plays, uh, so is so important in my life, you know, what can I rather spend this money or my time in, you know, that would give me more returns, not necessarily yes. financially, but like my own personal dreams and goals as well. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's an important point. Exactly. And if I may tie that back into the overall theme, like, and we were talked about sacrifice, 
if when you look at your vision board and where you want to go and you're looking at the person you are today to get there, in yep. my current analogy, you know, we talked about making those sacrifices and I was willing to sacrifice the luxury of a day-to-day -day driver, which, you know, really, I mean, what are you getting at the end of the day other than bragging rights? But um, <laughs> I'm willing to give that up because I can take that money, allocate it and spend it elsewhere. Uh, exactly. And do those things. Uh, because the person I want to be is somebody who travels to many, many countries. And I've been, I've been to many countries and I love doing that, but I want to go to many more. There's, you know, yeah. And then even yeah. in some of the countries that I've been to, there's places I still haven't been in within that country. You know, I want to go to a different city. I want to explore. Yep. Now I, you know, I looked at that person and I get right. until you mentioned this to me, I didn't know I was doing this, but apparently I am <laughs> looked at that person. I looked at where I am today. And I outlined my path and I realized what I had to sacrifice to get there. Exactly. So now I feel even better about my purchase of buying the non-luxury vehicle Toyota instead of the Lexus because I know that I'm on the right path. And that I, by doing that, I will get to travel more because I've saved that money. And that's what's important to me. It doesn't matter what Jag thinks about David driving. I mean, yeah. Jag might be like, oh, well, you know, my dad's an entrepreneur. He drives like uh, a Mercedes, like, and then he's got this Ferrari. You know, that might be important to you, but I've realized over time, what's important to you doesn't need to be important to, to, to me. And your perception of me based on my car is something that I'm willing to also sacrifice because exactly. people are constantly judging you based on your appearance. They're judging yep. you. And by appearance, I mean what you wear, what you dress, how you wear your hair, the color of your skin, unfortunately. I don't know. Absolutely. Beyond that, I wish we could. You're listening, you're already here, you know that that's something that we should be working on, and you're listening, you already agree with me on that. But, yeah, um, but just because I drive a Toyota now, who cares? Exactly, I, I, I'm okay with it, and if you're not okay with it, that's more on that tells me more about you than it does about me. <laughs> you're not gonna make your life decisions based on what other people think of you, yeah? No, because if you want to go drive your Lexus, and you know, okay. I'm off in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, which, you know, I will be in Italy and Germany next year yeah. for three weeks. Nice. So nice. Hey, good stuff. What's more important? My Absolutely. trip. My trip is more important than the car. So I hope that I've drawn a couple examples using my own personal experiences, not realizing what I was doing, but I was doing the Jag way. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what's out. funny? Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Because my dad actually had a similar experience uh, to what you did, actually, in terms of buying a car. So he did exactly what you were thinking. He said, okay, well, I've reached that stage where I can afford a vehicle, a luxury vehicle. I'm going to go and buy it. So he went on with the mindset of buying a Mercedes, you know, just because of the status, mm -hmm. the comfort, just to, sh just to show that, okay, well, he's an entrepreneur or anything. And then suddenly he had an epiphany moment. He's like, who really am I? What will give me more satisfaction? And my dad has always been a fan of off-road traveling, so like Jeeps and stuff. Yes. You know? So he ended up buying a Jeep instead of a Mercedes at the end of the day because that, that's what who I am, you know? That's what resonates with me on a deeper level than a Mercedes does. You know? yep. And exactly. Yes. So we, uh, he and I went down a <laughs> similar path because we've reached the stage now where yeah. being an empty nester, um, yeah, people need to know this. Like, and I'm not saying don't have kids, have kids, they're great. Um, yeah. One of the main driving forces in my life was I really wanted to have a family and that was a push for me to succeed in business so I could 
take care of my family. But yep. now that that they're mostly you know grown, they you know they're in university and out now, and they're successful and and taking his classes for in their job that they have now. I that people don't realize that, that at a certain point when you hit that point, kids are expensive. You free up all that money that you didn't know you were tying up. All of a sudden, you have this extra income that you can afford the better yep. car now. Right, because yep. you're yep. still in the same house. You know, you've had the same house. You raised your kids there. Maybe you've moved once or twice, but let's face it. You now yep. have like you're not paying for university anymore. You're not paying for all these things. You're like, wow, I have this. Well, you mean I can actually afford that? Yeah. So, but then I'm glad your dad did the same thing I did because you know he's 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 the rugged off-roading guy, man. <laughs> exactly. And Mercedes is not going to give him that. No. No, no, yeah. it won't. Not yeah, it might give him, might, might give him a few head turns of people looking at it. Wow, it's a Mercedes, but that's very short-lived. You know, that's not going to fulfill what he wants, what he desires. You know, right? Because ultimately, yeah, what he really wants. I mean, that's not what he really wants and values. It's like, okay, he's going to get a head turn here and there, or like yeah. when he pulls up, he can feel very important. Um, but that's a fleeting moment versus yeah. the exhilaration that he'll get when he can say uh you know he can be go to he's going down the, the roadway and then he sees the dirt road with with it's not really a dirt road per se it's just two tire tracks yeah and he can look yeah. at that road now and kind of go side-eyed with it and be, get a little grin on his face pop it in four-wheel drive and hit that road and not and now he can do that kind of thing exactly that exhilaration that memory that experience lasts and is much more valuable than the artificial superficial experience of somebody saying hey jeet's got a mercedes, mercedes. he's exactly. arrived no it's <laughs> he, he, not he's arrived he's already been here he's yeah. he's been here he's had dinner lunch and breakfast already <laughs> yeah he doesn't need to prove that he's been here he's a card carrying member he, now he's he's got a jeep and he can do whatever the heck he wants with it exactly like my dad literally climbed the jeep up on a set of staircases the other day just so you can do. <laughs> uh, I like your dad more and more. I feel, like if, I feel like he and I can be BFFs. Oh, yeah. We'd get along well. So, <laughs> that uh, did we? So, I feel like we had a couple different examples to show your way of thinking and really. So, how do we do? How did I do specifically in helping you get your, your misconceptions not only talked about but analyzed? Did we, did we hit all the points today? Yes, we did. And not only did we hit all the points, you actually challenged me to dive more deeper into it so that I can, along with you, can develop a better understanding of what it is that I do and how I think. So in other words, you've made me, uh, I don't know how to put this, you've made me more familiar to myself by having this conversation with you. Thank you for that, because I, I, do, I do like to um test a little bit not right. necessarily to, I, and it's it's because i like to help people um people approach me i help them i do a lot of career coaching and, and just other things uh, not not for business not for anything because i find it fun to help people when they need help with strategy or whatever life coach person or whatever. i'm not a certified coach but i have right. made a lot of mistakes so i feel like i can offer good advice because I've made those mistakes and I can help somebody not do the same things or I have a different way of looking at things so I can help. I, really what my strength is is I can help people analyze their own thoughts 
I'm not a psychologist or psychotherapist, not any of that's not what I'm talking about, but just helping people analyze that. So I'm, thank you for picking up on that. And if you think that was fun, you should actually um, hear what it's like to, when I'm interviewing somebody for a position that I'm hiring for. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I can, I can imagine, I can play that picture in my mind right now. The sort of, you know, you, say you have that extremist sort of approach kind of pushing them uh, to the very extreme and then, you know, having a conversation with them. And the way you do that is it, just amazing. It's a skill in itself. Thank you for that. It's, uh, I've been told that I can be quite disarming, um, which I don't understand why or how, but I'll no. take it. But yeah, I, it's, it's when, I'll just segue. So when yeah. interviewing a candidate, you can really tell what, they'll bring to the table what they really accomplished. I mean, because anybody can write words on a page yeah. and they can actually be, let's just say, you know, have the best resume in the world and they can be truthful, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've learned anything from that. And that's where I like yeah. to value that. What did they learn from that? Can, and then can, can they take that learning and apply it? And then do they feel that they've learned enough already or are they going to be open-minded to learn, still learn new things? Do they have that sense of curiosity? Absolutely. You know, that's, that's you know, these are things that I value and I like because then, you know, when you, I, that's how I like to set up my teams. Uh, yep. And uh, we've been fortunate with that type of mindset, but I also do like to hire diversity. Uh, yeah. I don't like, and I also, that's one reason I test. I know we're going down the David road. This, I know it's my <laughs> show, but I don't mean to make it about me, but, um, I like to delve deep into an interview because I don't thinking like me isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I don't like too many people that have the same thought process because then you end up in group thing and then you don't have that diverging opinion yeah. that uncovers all of those other opportunities. And again, exactly. you know, those opportunities lead to success. And if we're successful, we're going to prosper from it some way, yeah. shape or form. You know, it might be monetarily, it might be pride, it might be, you know, accolades, whatever that prosperity is. Um, so I do like to, to, to figure that out. But anyway, so I'm, it's, it's interesting to hear that you picked up on that because most people don't. Um, yeah, no. And, and one other thing is, it's, is the thing you talked about, yeah, making your personality relatable to others. I feel like I was completely dead honest with you. You know, I was able to form that sort of relationship because how you came across that I, I would, I, I could totally cut myself and open myself up to you. And, and the way you are, I believe that everyone else that you talk to, you have the same sort of impact. And just so you can present yourself to be someone who's relatable so that you can identify what problems people are going through right now and how you personally can enter in their lives to help them is something that is very, very impressive. No, thank you for, thank you. For I that. could sense that. I could sense that, you know. Well, I definitely strive to be as Brene Brown, fellow Houstonian, shout out to her in Houston, uh, <laughs> vulnerable enough because it's very difficult to be vulnerable. But uh, at the same, same time, I really want people to know up front what they're getting. I don't, people put on masks, I'll say, when you're, when you're meeting them for the first time or over yep. time 
and because they're they're putting up what they perceive as their best foot forward and then what happens is you always have to live up to that persona exactly and that, there's a lot of pressure and i don't want that pressure for myself so i mean some people have told me that that i i can be um very much a lot to take because i don't put any false pretenses out some people feel it like the that what i'm doing is an act in and of itself because i'm not being fake up front which is kind of interesting but i don't value that i want people to understand from go what they're getting when they interact with me and it's going to be consistent the same because i don't have anything to change because i just am right and I want people to have that same comfort level with me. And that's, again, one of the underlying principles of the show, talking to strangers, right? So yeah. if we just met, there's, there's pregnant pauses, there's thoughts, there's confusion, there's diverging opinion, there's consensus, there's whatever you want. In the small span of time that we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes, give or take, right? So we've had yeah, all yeah. of that in one conversation. Exactly. And it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. And if you don't know about vulnerability, go out, watch Renee Brown. Mm. Watch her TED Talk on vulnerability. It's life-changing. Right. Um, and it did change her life. And I promise, Renee, because I know you're an avid listener, she's not really Jack, but I like to. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never I know. I like to delude myself and think that she is, that if I ever did see her and we cross paths in the Houston Circle, I promise I won't go fanboy and take a selfie. <laughs> At least that you'll see. I'll hide it. Uh, there's actually on one of my uh, is one of the things on my vision board. I want to do a TED talk. Haven't done it yet, but I see myself doing it. I think it's definitely attainable in your future and in your near future. If you continue on the path with the person you are, there's a TED talk in your future for sure. Thanks, David. That that actually means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I could see that. I've never. Um, if asked, I would do one. I don't know what I would talk about. Um, and in my personality, I would probably just get on stage and ad-lib the whole thing like I do every podcast episode, but I don't know what they would want me to talk about. I feel like I could just talk about anything, really. But. You can be spontaneous. You know, you can just jump on the stage and just just speak as you go, things coming into your mind, you know, and I'm pretty sure the content would be great. It would be interesting, nonetheless. <laughs> you can do an improv, David, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll do it um, right. well jack thanks for being on can you remind everybody um how to it's the international connection podcast right it's the international connection podcast uh you can find the podcast on uh, apple podcast google play stitcher or you can just visit my website which is the international connection.com uh, you can also read my daily blogs and creative poetry on Medium. Just type my name, Jag, which is J-A-G, my last name, Singh, S-I-N-G-H. Feel free to comment or send me an email. I'd be more than happy to answer your questions or to help you figure out what your creativity is. Absolutely. So I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and I'm going to leave everybody with a haiku I just wrote. Oh, yeah, I love it. Can't wait to hear it, David. Words on a page shine. Do they move you to be more? Lose inhibition. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm going to spend this weekend taking that in and drawing my conclusions. 
Well, that one's specific <laughs> for you because you're creative, you write the poetry, you do that. Um, I don't know. So that was really more for just you and I, but if anybody else takes away from that, that's fine. But again, thank you so much. That's, you know, that's actually not too bad. I mean, I don't know if I'm rating my own haiku there, I'd probably give that a solid five. <laughs> we'll see. I'll work with it. So Jag, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, real quick, if anybody, uh, you want to leave me a voicemail, tell me that you love the show or you hate it or me specifically, whatever you want. I don't care. So you can leave me right. a voicemail on the voicemail line, country code one, area code five, eight, five, two, one, zero, zero, two, four, zero. If you don't want it to be aired, start up and say, I don't want this to be aired. And then I won't because I promise you that I won't. But if you don't say that, then I may take all the voicemails someday and just do an episode on the voicemails received. <laughs> uh, if you want to be a guest, just contact me, leave me a voicemail or leave me an email at pirpodcast at gmail.com. Anybody's welcome. Any topic is well, welcome. Um, literally any topic. I mean, I'd like to learn uh, about things. Um, there are some more difficult topics that I would really like to delve into, uh, but I have been unsuccessful finding a guest. So if you have an extreme view on race, religion, politics, you know, hit me up. Let's talk about it because I really want to understand why you think the way you do. It will be a non-confrontational uh, talk, like always, because it's not necessarily about your opinion. I may not agree with it. However, I want to understand where you're coming from and why. Why did you get to be the person you are today? Uh, that's really what I want to know. So you won't be judged by me anyway. Um, but if you want to talk about anything else, too, I'm open to it. Uh, so, Jack, thanks for being here. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me, David. Everybody, we'll talk again next week.